It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. It is a Thursday. It is Thursday, October the 3rd, and it is my birthday. Not to brag. I'm turning 30. Okay, I guess I'm not bragging there. But anyway, I just wanted to welcome you into the show. Um, Got a lot to talk about here. We are playing part two of my interview with Mo Egger. A lot of good stuff that we're going to get. In. We're talking about managers and talking about Turner Ward and things of that nature, coaching staff, the organizational philosophy. And we're also going to look at Nick Senzel for a minute too. But before we get to that, oh, and I've got a spiel about Kyle Bodie I'm going to give to you right before that interview. But at the same time, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Himalaya, all of the wonderful podcasting apps that are out there. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get this podcast every episode each and every day delivered to your queue with that subscription button. Also, check us out on Twitter for all of your Reds takes and if you follow my personal account, maybe some football takes as well. At Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone. 513-549-0159. Hit us up all offseason questions, comments. If you want to rant, whatever. 513-549-0159. And uh, real quick, before we get to the interview with Mo, I just wanted to talk about this Kyle Bodie thing. Kyle Bodie, the founder of Driveline, was hired by the Reds. He was hired to be the pitching coordinator, and, and most of everything that I've read stated that he's going to focus most of his work, if not all of his work, most of his work, with minor league pitchers and the development of the farm system, you know, the arms and things of that nature with the Reds. Now, there's a couple of thoughts I have on this. First of all, holy cow. If you don't know, or if you think that this isn't that big of a deal, or if you don't even care, go over to Red Reporter right now. There is an awesome post talking about how awesome Kyle Bodie is. Heck, check Red Leg Nation out. 
the man that knows every single thing about the Reds farm system, Doug Gray, has said that this hire signals the Reds are doing the right things and the Reds are moving their organization in the right direction. Go read those things right now. If you doubt this hire at all, there's some people that are saying, well, they need the hitting. What is with the coaching decisions? The Astros and the Dodgers, the two best teams, the two favorites in each league, we, we could probably debate that sort of, you know, whether you're, you know, you like the Yankees or you like the Braves or something like that. But for the most part, those two teams are the favorites in their respective leagues. The reason for that is they develop their own talent so freaking well. And the Reds have so freaking not done that. But they have aligned their organization over the last year and a half or so to finally get with it. To finally catch up to these teams. It, it was nice because Mo Egger had Travis Salchik, the guy, one of the co-authors of the MVP machine. He talked with him on his radio show yesterday. And Travis Sawchick said that this hire in and of itself, I mean, along with Derek Johnson and Caleb Cotham and things like that, but this hire really closes the gap between the Reds and the top organizations who develop talent. Now, that's not to say that that makes them the best organization in developing talent, but it closes the gap where there was a gulf between them. Look at the Astros. Look at the Dodgers for just a moment. I encourage you, go look at their rosters. Look at their statistics. Look at the players that they have coming up through their organization. When are they going to be bad? It's not next year. It's probably not in two years. These teams are set up not only to make a good run at a championship now, but next year the next two years, the next three years. Why? They develop their own talent. The Reds have been so far behind in that category, and that is why this rebuild has been a massive failure. And that is why we are currently sitting here saying, hashtag get the hitting. That's why last year was hashtag get the pitching. You have to get these things because you don't already have them. The Reds are positioning themselves to build from within. And that is a huge, huge thing. This Kyle Bodie hire, in and of himself, he's an awesome dude. The things that he does, his philosophies are covered in the MVP machine, a fantastic book that I'm currently reading through. Pretty much everyone I know that loves baseball has read through this book. I encourage you, if you have not checked it out, go check out the MVP machine. But Kyle Bodie signals that the Reds, and especially with the Turner Ward firing and they're looking for a different hitting coach, they're trying to organize their entire system from major league to rookie ball. They want one philosophy. And this Kyle Bodie hire is such a big thing. 
such a big thing. I could talk about this for a long time, but we have got uh, part two of the Mo Egger interview. Just had an awesome time talking with Mo. I'm really looking forward. I, I looking forward. I've really had a lot of fun talking with him. I really hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. We've got part two coming up. We're talking about the turn award firing, organizational realignment, all that good stuff, and Nixon Zell as well. This interview is brought to you by, there's a couple of sponsors that have sponsored the Locked on Reds podcast, and we want to thank them for just a moment. Got more Reds coming, but first, have you ever worn really comfortable socks? Yeah. Because Bombas are what feet daydream I've got some. Bombas are amazing. Bombas are what feet daydream and for every pair that is purchased, a pair is given to someone who needs socks. Go to bombas.com slash locked. You're going to get 20% off your first order. That's bombas.com slash locked. And I'm wondering, I don't know, um, a man of your stature and in your station in life probably doesn't have to worry about this too often, but the last time you went to buy some seats, did you go straight through the team? Did you go up to the box office? Did you say, hey, I need a couple of tickets or did you buy them on your phone i bought them on my phone so what do you I. mean a, a guy would i don't buy tickets to games what are you talking about <laughs> guy my stature doesn't what do you what do you mean i figured people were just giving you tickets left and right. oh yeah that happens all the time <laughs> i'm always walking into free tickets yeah well as i'm sitting out there in the, the reaches of right field and the upper deck yeah it's that captain free tickets because these teams all love me so much exactly just and handing over. How many do you want, Mo? And in case your station in life does not see that you're getting free tickets all the time, I urge you to check out the Vivid Seats app. I actually bought my tickets when I went to PNC Park this last weekend from Vivid Seats. How about that? Very nice. Decently priced. I'm not going to promise that they always have decent prices. It just so happened that the Pirates and the Reds are both bad, so no one cared about that game. Perfect. But with the promo code POSTSEASON, you can go to your next game with a very nice discount. You could get a discount, depending on how expensive the tickets are, up to $100. Wow. With the promo code POSTSEASON. Download the Vivid Seats app and do that right now. And you know what? That's not even limited to sports. You could go to live events. You could go to a concert, uh, You know, a comedy act. I'm blanking. I'm thinking just Jerry Seinfeld. But whatever you can think of, promo code POSTSEASON is going to get you a discount of up to $100. And kind of pivoting, taking a look at his staff, because it just came down, I think it was yesterday, we were recording on uh, Tuesday, that the Reds, no, it was today, today, Tuesday, Mm -hmm. that the Reds are partying with Turner Ward. And where the manager maybe doesn't factor that much into the, you know, day-to-day when it comes to a roster, how much responsibility do you put on Turner Ward for this offensive season? Nah. Is it is it is it greater than fifteen percent? No. <laughs> no. Right. No. 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 Is, is Turner Ward the reason why Joey Votto is getting worse? No. Well, then Turner Ward must be the reason why Eugenio Suarez had forty nine home runs. Right. Is Turner Ward the reason why Derek Dietrich fell off the cliff on June first? Man. Well, then he's, is he the reason he hit 1,000 home runs in May? Like, I, I just, I, I think 
uh, on a on a macro level, if you want somebody who, who hey, look, here's how we want hitting taught. Here's how we want this guy to communicate with players, and he his ways aren't it. That's fine, but I, I think it's you know it, I, I, I think it's a gross oversimplification to go. Well, they, they they weren't very good offensively. Let's blame the hitting coach. Yeah, maybe there were were hitters who conveyed, hey, look, I just I, I don't jive with him. Right. That's fair, and and if that's the case, get rid of the hitting coach. <laughs> you know. Or hey, the way we want our hitters to have to approach at bats, or the way we want them to prepare for games, or the, the way we want them to to train, we want it overseen by somebody different. Right. Fine, whatever. And I'm guessing that's what it is. I'm guessing it's not. Man, we sucked offensively. Get a new hitting coach. If that was the case, the Reds would have had a new hitting coach for you know when Don Long was here for four or five years. So um, I, I think it was. Hey, we tried this guy for a year. Um, and, you know, for a variety of reasons, we just want things to be – we want that job done a little bit differently. I'm guessing that's it, and it's not a reflection on the lack of performance. Now, if the Reds had huge offensive totals across the board, chances are, you know, uh, Turner Ward is still here. But I, I don't think I, – I don't think that's a reaction to, you know, the offense being – punchless early in the season and not as good as we thought it was was going to be. I think it's just, you know, with a year with this guy working for us, eh, we just want it done differently. And so they'll go get someone different. Sure. And, and I thought just when it came to him, and it's funny because I had a buddy that asked me, they're like, well, don't the hitting pitch or hitting coaches tell them when to take and when to swing? And I'm like, no, that's you, in high school. You think – you think, uh, Joey Votto spends much time thinking about the hitting coach. I mean, when Joey Votto was raking, having MVP years, you think he spent a lot of time, you know, Don Long taught me to do No, I mean, no, I I think organizationally there are probably teams that go, look, um, unless you're this guy or this guy, you know, 3-0 we're taking. Uh, And there might be certain teams that go, eh, 3-0 we're going to let you be a little bit more aggressive. I don't think that's the hitting coach. Yeah. Uh, Turner Ward's not in the dugout, you know, screaming to Eugenio Suarez, hey, it's 3-0, you got the green light. So I, I just think I, – I don't think it's a direct response to the off. And, and if it is, you know, that's – it's kind of scapegoatish. I don't think the Reds operate that way. I don't. No. It could be wrong. And I, I think it's just – it's fan stuff. I mean, there's there were fans in – April that we're like, oh, you're going to fire them because we're not scoring. I'm like, yeah, no. But with that being said, there was a <laughs> couple of um, moves that the Reds made, and I'm going to give you a quick take on that and see. Mm-hmm. You can tell me if I'm completely off base here. I mentioned it on yesterday's podcast. The Reds kind of made a lot of changes with their minor league coaches. Mm-hmm. A couple of notable names like Billy Hatcher and Danny Darwin that they let go. Danny Darwin spent a little bit of time as the pitching coach after yeah. they got rid of um, Mac, was Mac, Mac Jenkins. Mac Jenkins. Yeah. I about said Mac Hollins. That's a football <laughs> player. Um, but Danny Darwin, they also got rid of their AAA manager, the AAA pitching coach, and the hitting coordinator, Milt Thompson. That being said, I, I thought of that as... Milt Thompson worked for the Reds? Yeah. Ah. The hitting coordinator. I'm, I guess he just... This was one of my it. favorite players as a kid. I had no idea he drew a paycheck from the Reds. Yeah. That, and, and that being said, I mean, that's not really something everyday fans think about 
like us, we're not like worried about who the hitting coordinator is. But as a whole, I feel like that means that they kind of got it too late about this whole development thing. Like the MVP machine. It's a book that a couple of people got me to read. My friend Dave and uh, C. Trent told me to read it. I've been reading it, and it seems like the Reds were late to the table, and that's why this rebuild has sucked so bad. They focused on the wrong things, and they didn't get it until last year. Yeah. Something that the Astros got, the Cubs got, um, the Phillies kind of got. They're still, yeah. The, the word rebuild, people applied it solely to the roster. Yeah. And the Reds applied rebuilding philosophies solely to the roster. Yeah. I remember, um, I think it was during a TV broadcast. Um, I think before the game, Dick Williams had met with reporters and met with people and said, you know, we kind of want to tear up our organizational manual. Yeah. And we want to kind of restart, you know, how we reevaluate how we develop, reevaluate how we develop pitching, redevelop, reevaluate how we draft. And I remember going, wait a minute. It's taken this many losing seasons for you guys to go, you know what, maybe maybe we should look in, inward. And so I, I give them credit for doing it, but you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, if you know everybody pointed to the Houston Astros, did they, did they think the Houston Astros just traded Lance Berkman and, uh, and you know, let uh, Roy Oswalt walk and, and, you know, moved on from Carlos Lee? And, no, they, they, they came up with a more efficient, more modern, more effective way of producing – Big league caliber players. The rebuild wasn't just the roster. The rebuild was organizational. It doesn't mean they fired everybody, but they went, okay, we're going to reevaluate and redo how we do everything. Right. That's a rebuild. A rebuild isn't trade some dudes, fill it with minor league guys, and then you know draft some guys and we're good. No, it's. I mean, so yeah, I could not agree more. It's it's very well put that they got they're, they're behind and it would have maybe been a little bit more effective if in 2015 or more ideally 2014 when it was abundantly clear that they had to go in a different direction if they would have said, all right, let's start from the ground up. And instead, they're doing things that are seemingly relatively commonplace everywhere else. I don't know anything about this dude they hired who's a pitching analytics guy. I'm fascinated to learn more about him. Nick. Oh, Kyle Bodie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fascinated to learn more about him. And yeah. people, I just saw it on Twitter. People whose baseball opinions I trust and value are excited about this. I'm going to learn more about this guy. Yeah. <clears throat> but you're right. There's a part of me that was like, that's the kind of guy he should have gotten four years ago. Right. Because I'm sure the Astros have a guy like that. Maybe not the same title, same background, or owns a company or whatever. But I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. You know, everyone's like, well, the, you know, the Reds are embracing newer and modern ways of doing things. Great. What took so long? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's good that they're doing it. But, God, just think about where things would be if they would have done some of these things four years ago. That's no one person's fault. You know, you kind of had the push-pull between Jockety and maybe the direction that Dick Williams wanted to take the club and whatever ownership interference there was. But you're right. A lot of it feels like it's a little bit uh, too late. Yeah, it's like, great. Well, why just now? And, and to make a terrible comparison, it just kind of crossed my mind. It's like the guy that wants the new iPhone 11 and shows up the day that it's being sold and all these people are in line and they've had it pre-ordered forever. Yeah. He's going to get it, but it might be a few months. Right. Because he's got to wait for back order, all this other crap. The Reds, 
are going to get there. But how late are they to the party? I mean, they might be hitting it at the right time because it looks like the Central might actually take a little bit of a step back next year. Yeah. But at the same token, this was a pretty good year to have been there. Mm-hmm. And if they had been in the position that the Brewers were in last year and they really they've kind of continued that, I'm just so jealous of the Astros because you look at them and, you, and the core of their team, they built. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they traded for Verlander, they traded yeah. for Cole, they traded for Grinky. But you look at them and you're like, when are they going to be bad yeah. again? You don't know because it's going to be a while. Yeah. They, and they've got guys coming up through the mind. I want the Reds to be there. I don't want it to be, well, they got one good year. Like the Royals. Now, the Royals did get the World Series that yeah. year, but they've been bad ever since. To me, to me the idea is um, it's like the Baltimore Ravens have never been bad. Yeah. Bad. I mean, two and fourteen bad. Right. They dip a year, and then they're back in the playoffs. The NFL's a different animal. St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. In, in in since since the formation of the National League Central, how many truly awful years have they had? Awful. Last year they came in third place, won eighty eight games. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put your fans through these five six year stretches of total irrelevance. You're not going to win every year. You're going to have down years. You're going to have years where you probably lose more than you win. So to me, this should be the goal moving forward. Never put us through more than one awful year ever again. You shouldn't have to sink to the bottom and stay at the bottom for years. Yeah. And I think what the Astros have done, and it seems to me like what the Cubs are doing and have done is... You know, it's you lose players, you lose talent, guys leave, you decide you're not going to pay this guy, this guy decides he's going to leave, but we're never going to truly suck again. Yeah. Our system's good enough. That I mean, people roll their eyes when they hear the Cardinal way, and I'm sure the Cardinal way has evolved. People get mad when it's brought up. They got pissed off when it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And yeah, fucking works, doesn't it? Yeah. How often are they truly awful? Well, the Reds have been truly awful for years now. So the goal now should be win, get to a point where we're winning, and then, yes, winning is cyclical. By the time we aren't winning again, we're at least not awful. Right. And that, that to me, is, um, in, you know, with, especially with, with the way the sport is consumed and how fans are, and, you know, that, that to me is so vital. This franchise has been putrid. I'm not talking about the, you know, the, the bobbleheads and the Reds Fest and all that stuff. I'm talking about the, the on-field product has been mostly putrid. Yeah. We're happy they won 75 games this year. And, and again, hopefully that's, that, that, that means bigger and better things next year. But, yeah, I look at certain organizations, and, and yes, many of them, most of them have more financial resources than the Reds claim to have. But moving forward, the goal for this franchise should be, A, let's win the World Series. Then when we're no longer good enough to win the World Series, we at least don't produce garbage for five or six years right. and alienate people, maybe forever. Yeah. You're not starving your fan base to the point where they're happy about a 75-win season. Right. I mean, maybe, you know, whatever. Anyway, we could talk a long time about that. Um, as it comes to building for next season. So we're looking at this offseason. They're trying to get better for 2020. Got one thought before we jump into some names you'd like to see the Reds go after. Because I'm good at that. Right. Now I know. Um, Nick Senzel Mm -hmm. had surgery on his torn labrum in his throwing shoulder. Mm -hmm. 
if you are the Reds, do you continue to throw him out there in center field, or do you move him to second base? I think it depends on the available personnel to play those other positions. That's true. So, I mean, are there better center fielders than Nick Senzel? Probably. Go get one. Probably. And if you can't, then he's a center fielder. Are there better second basemen than Nick Senzel? Probably. Go get one. And then figure out where you're going to play. Nick Senzel's not a star. And, no. And, you know, I mean, like, I think there's been a level of exasperation, A, with the injuries, which is, they're unfortunate, B, with, boy, uh, you know, Pete Alonso just hit 53 home runs. That's what a rookie is supposed to do. There are a ton of rookies in baseball this year mm-hmm. that just had, you know, huge seasons. And you look at Senzel and you're like, well, it was all right when they drafted him. I remember having Keith Law on my show going, is this a good year to have the number two overall pick? And he went, no. <laughs> you know? And the, the MO on Senzel was he'll get to the big leagues quickly, kind of a finished product, played college ball, could have a good long career. He's not going to be a star. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, the, the, the league is filled with guys. You need those guys. But, yeah, chances are he's that's kind of – he looks to me like a guy that – that's what he's going to be, which means you can usually do better than him. Mm-hmm. If you can, do better. I mean, like I mean, to me, like yeah. I, I get it. You you want you want him to pay off because you lost a thousand games the year before, and you know that was he was the payoff. Th- that's cool, but can you do better? If can, can, if I'm trying to win the World Series next year, that that is still the goal, right? Right. Are there better players than Nick Senzel? Well, if yes, go get him. And if no, okay, well then I can live with him playing center field. But yeah, I, I'm I'm open I'm open to all options with him. Again, if if the idea is we're going all in next year, that's the thing, right? Absolutely, have we're going to, all yes. in. It means yeah. number one, he's not untouchable in a trade. It means he's not grandfathered into anything. Starting job, position in the field. So, yes, I'm open to anything with him, including not playing center field. That'll do it for the Thursday edition and part two of the Moegger interview here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not already done so, hit that subscribe button. You'll get each and every episode each and every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone, 513-549-0159. Don't miss tomorrow the final part of the interview with Moegger. We get real deep. We've got some really good ideas. We kind of rant a little bit about how long it took the Reds to get to this spot. But we've also got some positives, too. You're not going to want to miss it. Part three of the Moegger interview tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.